Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator and artist of the Old School Fantasy Adventure Module through the Valley of the Manticore, currently on Kickstarter, Jacob Fleming. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, thank you, Kayla. Well, thank you for joining us. But outside my introduction, who is Jacob Fleming and what are you about? Um, these questions are always so difficult to answer, but um, I just, I love to create. I love to um, share my art with other people and, um, you know, giving the opportunity to put something out where it kind of um, puts on display my creative endeavors, mostly, you know, um, visual art, but also get to, you know, practice writing or um, creating other things that people can interact with. Like in this instance, it's like the Dungeons and the Dragons, that whole module, they can play through that, then they can, you know, let me know how they liked it. And I don't know, I just, I just really get a kick out of that. And I think that's what keeps fueling me to continue producing um, products like these or, you know, books that uh, kind of fit in this category. Okay. And what is Through the Valley of the Manticore about? Uh, this one is, it, it, this adventure takes place in a Canyonlands kind of setting where um, the the dungeon master can take the, uh, this module and kind of insert it into their campaign. If the players are like traveling from one destination to another, they can drop this in as sort of like a filler. In this instance, um, this canyon is kind of being uh, lorded over by this manticore that's somehow come under the possession of a magical artifact that's given it um, greater intelligence. And being that this creature's naturally evil, it's kind of put a uh, controlling clinch on this small fort town. And it's a, a throughway where people need to travel back and forth. So um, it'll be up to the players to kind of overcome this challenge, which will be a little bit more of a puzzle than like a, you know, roll dice and try to beat the monster sort of scenario. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's, this is a follow-up to my first adventure, which was more of like a traditional, like, you know, run through the dungeons, get some treasure, see if you can't, you know, get to the end. And this one is see if you can't survive because the the creature is going to make it a lot more difficult. It's a lot more intelligent and, um, you know, it, hopes that the DM will take the tools that are included in the book and kind of run the monster in such a way that makes it kind of like a, you know, a lot more difficult for the players to overcome. Can a first time DM try to run it like a, maybe a one shot with this? Cause I'm more of a player. I haven't run, ran any games yet, but I would like to. So is this something that I could do or maybe more someone more experienced first? I think so. And, and that's my hope because I'm not, super experienced myself so I think what when I'm producing a a module like this I think that it's coming from the perspective of a new DM already so I think the tools will be there and I I try to make it very clear when I'm laying out these these books so that there's not a lot of information that you have to have already it should be included or at least you know fuel your creativity in order to you know run it I, I think that's absolutely possible Okay. Um, well, can you elaborate more on the creative process on this module through the Valley of the Manticore? Like how much did it differ from um, In the Shadow of Tower Silver Axe? Like I'm not familiar with that one. You just mentioned that that was more of, you know, 
going through, uh, I guess, going through caves and finding treasure and see you can make your way out. But how much, is that the only difference between the two? Is there any more? There's a lot. Uh, I think that the, the first one I had written kind of like the beginning of the pandemic. So, and I, I've always wanted to, to put one out myself. So I took a lot of ideas I had for my own home group, um, you know, kind of like, it, I, I based it on the setting that I'm currently running and which is one that I've homebrewed myself. So I, I kind of picked a location that they were possibly going to go to, and I made it kind of like a big hex crawl where they could go through the wilderness, find these dungeons, these caves, the temples, and, you know, I gave them lots of choices. And in Tower of the uh, Shadow, yeah, Tower, sorry, I'm so confused with the name, um, the uh, Shadow of the Tower of Silver X, I, I gave it so that the players... I made it so that the players had lots of choice in which where they could run off to. Um, in this one, it's not linear necessarily, but it is um, limited in that they have to kind of stay within this sort of realm, this um, area, this adventure area. Okay, so they can't like um, try to teleport or blink out. Of somewhere they kind of have to stay there i guess because of the 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 magical item that the man core has right they could um okay. they it, but but being that this is a lower level hopefully the players don't have any magical items like that that could allow them to just kind of circumvent all those challenges um hopefully the dm um has the foresight that, that maybe this adventure wouldn't work if they are that advanced i feel like that might put a hamper on the effectiveness if they could just fly around and so what about I guess hiding just something simple as hiding I guess because like a rogue could hide a lot better than maybe a barbarian group. the nature of the environment I think in this new one is that because they're in the canyons and they're being watched by this intelligent creature hiding will be not necessarily impossible but very very difficult mm -hmm. yeah, um, that's yeah that's um, yeah, not impossible, but they're, 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 the places that they could hide are going to be very limited. So they're going to have to, I, I guess they're racing against a clock in a manner of speaking. Mm -hmm. that the creature is going to find them somehow um, and they're going to have to kind of, you know, think on their toes. Yeah, both of them sound interesting because <laughs> I, 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 I kind of off, kind of off, off topic. I, I want to create a labyrinth for my, like my animal crossing just for my island. So the, the idea of a puzzle is really interesting to me instead of combat in a way, and that everybody has to kind of work together. And I think that'd be really interesting, especially if it's like my first time running a game and the players aren't familiar with each other. And then all the confusion and people going this way and people going that way, breaking the first rule of, you know, never breaking the party, <laughs> right. running the party mm -hmm. which they're probably going to end up doing. But in like in this one, and through the Valley of the Manticore, they can't. And then it's just, it's, I can, it's funny to me how I can just already see how, even with the players that I already know that I've been playing with like three years, we're going to be arguing which way we need to go, who can see up high, even though we're deep in, the, in, a, in a valley somewhere. Yeah, it, it sounds really interesting to me. I can already see the scenarios running in my head. Yeah, and those are the sorts of scenarios that I can't really account for is how players are going to interact with each other and what their what the party's dynamic is because 
they could do that. They could just argue and be stuck in place because they can't even pass this decision point. You know, I can't really plan for that. And that could be the, the doom of the party. Um, when I was playtesting, I haven't playtested this new one yet, but when I was playtesting the first one, um, the players were so afraid of everything because there was some random encounter and one of their um, friends just died immediately. So it's kind of like, did I make this too dangerous? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I feel like, I think that they had um, some preconceived idea of how safe it might be. And uh, I didn't really, I didn't really account for that. So <laughs> no, when I, when I hear Manticore, I'm like, oh, this is, this is going to be bad. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's a monster that I haven't really uh, had a lot of interaction with as a player and definitely not as a, a DM or an adventure creator. So I was thinking about what's a creature that I can run with that is a kind of smart um, and then, you know, what can I do with that, with a creature that can fly and has the powers that it has? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a smart creature, but you don't want to make it smarter, which is... Which I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, I, because, I, because of the way the adventure runs. And, and, and this is sort of like, um, and, I've, and I've mentioned this before um, on my Kickstarter, that I take a lot of influence... Um, on in this adventure from Ravenloft, which has Stroth, you know, the very, very intelligent vampire that they have to try and outwit or deal with mm -hmm. in the same way that they're kind of not necessarily stuck in this canyon, but they do have to get through it or survive it. And there's a very intelligent creature that can kind of fly around and outsmart them. Then they need to kind of play around that kind of like... Um, the alien movie with the one intelligent alien that mm -hmm. is always kind of hiding in the shadows and they can't really predict where it's going to show up. So they always have to kind of play around that. Yeah, I like that idea. Um, so through the Valley of the Manticore, it's pretty much a solo project. You pretty much did all the illustration and cartography. Um, yes. But how has your experience been with working with collaborators throughout um, the other projects that you've done yeah well it's been great and on on these uh adventure modules i do work with my friend uh and editor dave cameron and that's been really wonderful because he is a writer first and, and i'm you know i'm more of a visual uh, mm -hmm. creator first though i do like writing uh i do need help with <laughs> that occasionally and he's been really great uh in offering advice and correcting my syntax and you know the way you know to compose proper sentences which is you know it's not not the the strong suit that i have but it's i think it's been um, valuable getting outside perspective on projects like these you know people can offer so much and everyone has different strengths and you know it's nice to be able to put all that together because i think that creating completely in a vacuum is detrimental. I mean, especially if you're pu publishing something, it's very important to have somebody double look over your shoulder and just double check your work. Mm -hmm. uh, what advice would you offer to other artists you wish someone told you when you first started? Well, I didn't listen to advice early on, which would have been, you know, to keep at it. You know, mm -hmm. I stopped drawing for a very long time and then, you know, finally got back into it. And since I got back into it, I haven't, you know, looked back and I haven't stopped or taken too long of breaks. Um, you know, just 
if if you're if you're into visual creation, I think just draw all the time. I think that building the skills of you know observing and then trying to make the connection through you know your hand, being able to observe and then translate that, I think that's valuable. And that will carry over into even if you work completely digitally. I feel like that still is very important. Um, but yeah, I think regardless of which sort of visual craft you're looking into, painting or graphic design, I think drawing is very important. And that's something that you should always be keeping a sketchbook, keeping ideas, you know, even if you're writing in, in your sketchbook along with your drawings, just continuing to observe and note your observations visually or within word, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, my last question for you, Jacob, is what is your idea of success? I ask that question because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from our full-time jobs or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures. Mm -hmm. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote-unquote success? Man, yeah, that is always tough um, because you know, at the end of the day, even if you're enjoying what you do, you do need to be able to justify that financially. Mm -hmm. That's always tough and it is competitive, but I don't think competition is necessarily a bad thing either. Um, I think that the definition of success would be is if you can afford to continue doing that, and if what you're doing is um, sustaining you in some way, um, you know, preferably helping you pay bills, that's going to be, that's going to be great. I don't think that, you know, having a complete blowout success is necessarily what you have to strive for, but I think that, you know, being content with what you do, like if you don't enjoy doing it every day, then, you know, obviously don't, don't do that, you know, don't punish yourself for no reason, but, you know, keep building up the skills, continue to um, promote yourself in this day and age, we really have to be really engaged on social media so that's important um, uh -huh. but yeah if, is, if you're getting some recognition and by putting out products and people are you know at least think that you're doing an okay job then hopefully that's turning into some sort of financial return okay uh is there anything else you want to push for through the valley of the manticore maybe you've uh, um, yeah, check out on Kickstarter right now. We are um, we fully funded and we are pretty close. Maybe just a few days until we hit the last stretch goal. Um, if we do hit the last stretch goal, we might consider adding another one on the back end. Though I need to uh, confer with my editor Dave about what that might be because <laughs> we we really racked our brain about like okay, what could we possibly do? And we want to do a you know a fifth edition conversion, and that's our last stretch goal. So if it hits that mark, then we'll be offering two versions of the book, one for old school essentials and then one for fifth edition. So, you know, we'll see, but yeah, check it out on Kickstarter. That's, um, that's, that'll have all the information about the book that I haven't already discussed here. Okay. Um, will you be doing any conventions? I mean, it's pretty much the end of the year, but it's the end of the year. We do have one more convention um, that is in Los Angeles for LA Comic-Con. That'll be on December 4th, the weekend of December 4th, I believe. But that's the last one for the year. And then um, then next year, I'll probably hit it hard again. Do you have to plan them in advance or are they already asking for vendors now for next year or no? Oh, yeah. Um, there are some conventions that have reached out and said like, all right, we're taking reservations now and 
you know, kind of have to get to that. But it's hard to predict, you know, in the time of COVID, whether or not we're going to see another variant or whatever, you know, we might conventions. Yeah. We may be without conventions next year. Who knows? You know, fingers crossed. Um, see. <laughs> yeah, with winter coming up. And yeah. I went to uh, Baltimore Comic Con a couple of weeks ago and I was debating. I was like, should I bring my curses book with me? What if they're there? And I was actually glad you guys weren't there because I was like, if you were there and I didn't have it, I'd have been mad. Oh, oh man. You know what? I've actually never visited the upper um, Northeast. I really want to. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know if we were ever up in that side of the country. Yeah, I mean, we have the, it's the Comic-Con and then we have a book fest in the fall. So hopefully this time next year, maybe like they normally have like late September, early October, we normally have the book fest at the Harbor. As well. So that would be nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I've got some family up there. I'll I'll talk to Joe, <laughs> see about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, I want to thank the creator and artist of the old school fantasy adventure module through the Valley of the Manticore, currently on Kickstarter, Jacob Fleming. I highly recommend our listeners to give the Kickstarter a look, share, and or back if they can. All of Jacob's socials and website will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter link. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerd Bread Podcast. Thank you.